I'm Josh Arnold, and you're listening to Catch This Podcast, a series brought to you by Catch Prep Charter High School, an urban charter school serving the students and families of Lamert Park and the Crenshaw District of South Los Angeles since 2003. Each episode, we explore themes related to what we believe the purpose of education is. With a twist, we do it from our perspective, through the lens of a community that must be heard. Hear our voices. Catch this podcast. So, think you're a teenager, you're a teenager in this generation. Um, a rapper comes up to you, and then a college student comes up to you. You're a teenager. Uh, they say, come this way. Go do rap and or something. Who like they try to give you information. The rapper tries to give you information. The college student try to give you information. Who do you think like the teenagers gonna listen to? Well, today, yes, yeah, today you're asking. They're gonna listen to the rap, right? What you just heard was not pulled from a discussion of rap music. It's not a rebuttal to another trope from another classroom that uses hip hop as a way to engage inner city youth. It's a billion times more important and more rigorous. And for that, we thank you, Ryan Coogler. By the time I was like nine or ten, uh, you know, I was really in the X Men, really in Spider Man, Batman. But I, I started to realize, you know, I wonder if I see any comic book characters that had their own books that, that looked like me, maybe a black superhero. Yeah. So I walked to my local comic book shop, you know, uh, in, in Oakland, and asked the guy who was behind the desk, and he walked me over and showed me T'Challa. He showed me Black Panther. For anyone not living under a rock the past week, the movie Black Panther was debuted to a worldwide release that smashed every February box office record by a lot. All told, the film's $200 million opening weekend means it is a bona fide success. And that means lots of people saw it. Said another way, lots of different kinds of people saw it. Here's Miss Pat, Catch Prep's founder and executive director, talking about following in the footsteps of what Octavia Spencer, Michelle Obama, and church and community youth groups across America have been doing the past week. Buying out a movie theater so young people can see the film. I believe, uh, being a 70-year-old African-American female, I believe that it was right for me to take all of the children because it was an event, and it was an African-American event. And it was an opportunity for young children to sit in a theater and see people that looked like them, but at the same time, think about the fact that This is an African-American school, and we want to be a part of this experience. So that's why I did it. And I was hoping at the same time that this film would speak to them. Speak to them it has. In the days that have followed the movie, we've seen discussions and debates about culture and history all over English and social science classrooms. Students have written essays connecting the experience of Black Panther to the growth and development of their identity serious stuff. The truth is, as adults, we didn't know what to expect as a result of having teenagers see this film. We hoped it would be impactful, and what we're learning is that for many young people of color, the movie is a first in many ways. Here's Hadassah. I think that since it's like, it's so different and far out to us because it's like not our norm every day. It's not what we go through every day. So we're not going to be like, that's our, you know, that's what it is. But we really are, you know, African. That is our culture. And that's what we, that's what we came from. That's what we, you know, our ancestors are. But it's like, oh, that's not our culture. It's funny to be African, you know, versus that's us, you know, that's really is us, you know, and it's not funny. 
a movie about an origin story that makes its own audience consider where they come from. That's exactly what we're seeing from our students, and that's exactly what director Ryan Coogler intended. Well, as an African-American man, you know, I know that my heritage is from this continent, you know, but, I'm, but I, I grew up, you know, in Oakland in the Bay Area, thousands and thousands of miles away. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, and this film gave me an opportunity to travel to the continent, you know, and visit several countries there, you know, and, and talk to folks. And, and it really opened up, um, it really opened up something about my own personal identity. This is the power of art and education, the ability for a work to inspire students to ask big questions of themselves as opposed to having an adult do it for them. We wanted to find out more about what students were thinking and feeling after seeing Black Panther, so we asked them to a discussion after school, and where their conversation led was everything. Spoiler alert, we talk details as well as the end of the movie. We talk about it in like both aspects, so we talk about how it connects to the other Marvel movies and what's going to happen, but we also talk about the whole, like, you know, social injustice that there is, and um, like I was at a camp also this past weekend and I had some black friends there and they were, you know, they were like, this movie was amazing. I, I just loved it. The, the message it showed and how, you know, you see the whole Killmonger coming and at the end when he says, I just throw me in the ocean with my ancestors because even they knew death was better than being locked up in chains. That's John. He's a senior on his way to Pepperdine in the fall on a full ride from the Posse Foundation, a prestigious scholarship organization that awards full tuition endowments to young people who are typically not well represented in some of the nation's prestigious private liberal arts colleges. He's El Salvadorian, and as a first-generation American, John thinks and cares a lot about both this country's origin and where we're headed in society. Death is better than being controlled and enslaved and no one, no one should be treated that way because every person is equal. Every person deserves to be treated with complete equality. A metaphor for slavery past and present, Black Panther seems to be speaking to young people's place in the world. Who am I? Where do I come from? What am I part of? And what am I gonna do about it? But being brought up as an African-American, you hear a lot about, oh, these gangs and these gangs. You hear about a lot about how cops are turning against black people. It's not, it's because people don't actually love themselves enough that you hear anything good about us. The only thing that you've heard good so far is that Barack Obama has been president. Alex is a 16-year-old junior, and she says that in the days that have passed since she saw Black Panther, she's become concerned. She's starting to think that she doesn't see that much optimism in the images that scroll her social media. And for the first time in her life, according to her, she's spending time considering what she can do to change things. I feel that in a way for us to change it, we have to change not the way how people live because... It's kind of like how Miss Pat said, you have to come back to our like, younger people and educate them of how good it is to go to college and want to be something when you grow up and not wanting to join gangs or do drugs or become something bad in life. Like, do something to try and change the world. And I feel if we become more educated and knowing ourselves, we could kind of mix that with our culture and teach them how to be black or African Americans that they should be and not how they should be a part of, like, light skins or dark skins or all these different types of social media outlets 
when you could when we're all just one as a whole. Now we're really getting somewhere. Students are questioning their activism. They went to see a superhero movie, and when parts of it felt familiar or foreign, they asked themselves why. Listen to what Zaire questions. It's big time. I don't feel like um, I'm the right person to represent that culture, or I don't feel like I could take on the road to say that that is my culture because I know very little about that culture. And if someone is to come up to me and ask me right now about that culture, I wouldn't be able to express it or give them even the slightest bit of information because I don't really know about the culture. So taking on that culture and saying that I am that culture would just be like kind of a disrespect to them because I don't even know half of what I say nobody. Zaire's wicked smart. He's going to Kalamazoo College next fall, also on a full-ride scholarship from the Posse Foundation. When Black Panther's African nationalism is on display or its tribal traditions take center stage, Zaire says he feels disconnected, so he wants to understand how this happened. Miss Pat has an answer. I think that, that uh, one of the things that they're saying is that they're too far removed from it that they can't identify with it, whereas I can. Right. But I'm 70 years old. Right. I'm 70 years old. I come from segregation. My mother, mother was a sharecropper. So I come from where I, slaves. And I know I come from slaves. Somebody told me that every single day. Exactly, somebody told me that every single day. Not only that, if you look at us, all you have to do is look at us and you know that our ancestry came from that continent. Did we just see a Marvel movie or a History Channel documentary? Is this discussion taking place in a school or at a family dinner table? At Catch, we believe it's all the same. We spend time building relationships with one another so that we can share experiences in earnest and reflect on their value together from multiple perspectives. Zaire goes on to explain how and why his generation might not feel as connected to their roots as past African Americans. And I think that um, it's more than just like us killing each other. I think that we got brainwashed by like society in general, but some of us, it's different from when Packer was growing up. Like, or back then, my grandmother used to tell me that when you go to school and you do something, you can go home, you get a whooping by your neighbors, you get a whooping by the teacher, then you get a whooping by um, your home, uh, your parent, people in your house. So I think that we have a lack of love in this society, and that um, the only thing we know is gangs and killing each other. We were brought up that way. So yeah, I think that's why we do it. I don't want to say there's nothing we can do about it, but I think that it's already been accustomed to our culture. I think that it's something that we already picked up. So it's kids, it's two-year-olds that I know right now that's out trying to gang, like just, they teach them this stuff and they think that it's quote unquote cute and they think that it's okay. And I don't think there's nothing we can do about it. Whoa, there's nothing we can do about it? That sounds like a conclusion. And Zaire is only 17. Thankfully, as educators, we know there is still time for a young person to develop their opinion, to change their mind, to be shown evidence and experiences that move their position over time. But the fact remains, a world has been shown to many young people living in inner city areas like South Central Los Angeles that prove to them their fate and the fate of those who look like them or come from similar circumstances is final. Ms. Pat has an explanation for it all. 
the dysfunction of the African-American home is uh, now fallen prey to social ills. And I don't know, I don't know how often children hear this is what you're supposed to do. Or why aren't you doing this? Because black people have to do this. That you do come from slaves. And that's all right. Because you helped build this country. And this country is the free country of the world. And you as slaves helped build it. And they don't know that. They don't get that because they're too far removed from it. So every now and then, I think they need reminders. And I think that this film played that role. Let's say that's true for you listening to this podcast and for our kids who are maybe more alone and growing up than ever. Where do we go from here? I've always believed and I still believe that what we do from here is educate. Because I think that that is the great equalizer. And I think that that's the only way that we can make a difference with this society of children. When we have these things, okay, we don't necessarily have people of wisdom participating in it. I think when you talk about older people buying out theaters and you talk about black people sitting down, having dialogue about what this meant and what the takeaway was, then that's not just a Black Lives Matter. It's not just somebody screaming that this is an injustice. It's about, okay, there's an injustice. What are we going to do about it? And then let's continue to do that. And that's why I believe so strongly in education. So the process never ends. Not at catch prep, not in a child's home and not for the rest of your life as you hopefully are forever thinking about your place in the world and how you can make things better for your or future generations. As for Black Panther, remember Ryan Coogler's film sparked this dialogue for our youth. It's because of the images, sounds, and celebrations of this superhero movie that young people are articulating their identities to themselves and others in ways they seldom do after listening to their favorite album, for example. Just listen to what the kids say and think about what art can inspire. When coupled with the educational process, it's unlimited where a human being can go. I'm Josh Arnold, and this has been Catch This Podcast, a broadcasting public service of Catch Prep Charter High School in the Lamert Park neighborhood of South Los Angeles. Check out all the episodes from this season on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And until next time, keep listening to the kids.